All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where it looks like the Lakers doubled down, nay, triple doubled down on superstars and being bigger, stronger, and less spacier than ever. Russell Westbrook, folks, is a Los Angeles Laker. Jesus Christ. I don't think I've said Jesus Christ this much since that one time Alan and I were at a church retreat and that speaker was trying to get us to fall down. But that's a story for another time. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Russell Westbrook is a Los Angeles Laker. I'm your host, John Hernandez. I am joined by my co-hosts, Alan Riley and Tommy Alexander. Yes, both of them. As we celebrate? Question? All of the above. Uh, this this uh, historic move. I don't really know where to start. This uh, day has been kind of wild. As we record right now, the draft is pretty much going to end. I think we're on pick, what, 53, 54? The Lakers uh, don't have any picks as of now, but they do have a Westbrook. Uh, so with that said, Alan, let just give me your short one-minute visceral reaction to... What went down today? I know you were a little bit late in reaction because uh, Tommy and I were like blowing up your phone. Um, but yeah, g- give me your setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was working and I could not check my phone, but I thought it was malfunctioning in my pocket because it was vibrating for like five straight minutes. Uh, so I was actually very concerned. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, what in the hell is going on? I hope Did it no. Feel good I hope. I hope it was. Uh, I mean, if it were like in my back pocket, yeah, maybe. But uh, anyway, I was like, I hope everyone in my family is okay. <laughs> like, I don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on right now. Maybe I should interrupt this meeting with this person. Be like, sorry, I need to check my phone. This might be an emergency. Um, so, so eventually, yeah, I was able to see it, and I had to like try to take it in. You know what I mean? But uh, I was, I was very distracted. <laughs> obviously. Um, I guess initial reaction was just shocked in a way, but also not terribly shocked at the same time, just because uh, Westbrook's name, you know, was floating around um, along with like Chris Paul. Um, but it was just uh, surprised, you know, and and actually kind of a fairly like neutral, immediate response. It wasn't too high, wasn't too low. Just like, oh wow, like this is uh, this is something. This is some news. Yeah. I'm still currently trying to process and wrap my head around things. I think out of any of the big name guys that were linked to the Lakers, Russell Westbrook was probably the one that I kind of put on the back burner of my mind just because I was like, there's no way. This dude's making like $44 million and then $47 million his last year. There's absolutely no way we're getting this guy. And then it happened. And then I was just in a state of state of shock, I guess. Um, I guess up until this point with Rob Palinka being our GM, he has happened to one-up himself every single value. time with every one of these freaking moves, okay? So I thought the extent of the shock would be us getting Trez at last year's offseason for the mid-level. I was like, that came out of nowhere. And then we just traded for Westbrook, and I kind of feel the same sort of feeling that I had when we got Trez, where it's like, okay, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, well, where where did you stand when the news first hit you? So it's like it's weird because when you're a Laker fan, there's so much content that comes out that you technically have seen every possibility of everything that like could happen, right? Like there, it, it's not that like this totally was like nobody in the world thought of this. Like 
Pincus wrote an article about this, like other people. Right, but when you're thinking about like a spectrum of what's likely, I, I think we were all kind of on your page of there's no way we're going to trade for Russell Westbrook, who's making like $47 million. LeBron and AD are going to be the second and third highest paid players on the team. Like all of a sudden, you know, like nobody, I don't think, actually really thought that was going to happen. Um, it did feel like a little bit odd with all the buddy talk, in my opinion. Like it was, it was like, it felt like splashy and like, okay, that's like an interesting angle, but it didn't feel like a true Laker move. I don't know how to like describe it. You know what I mean? Like it didn't have like the sex appeal of like a normal. Yeah. yeah. I mentioned to you, it kind of felt like Magic Johnson reappeared and took the wheel from Rob Palenka for like a hot second. And was <laughs> yeah. like, let me take over. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, go ahead. So then like, it happened so fast. I mean, it was like, I looked down for like five minutes. Of course, this is like how this stuff always happens. Like I'm kind of checking Twitter all day, like nothing's going on. And then Trez opts in and I'm like, okay, there it is. And then immediately the tweets come out or like, okay, so now the Kings and Lakers, it's like just a matter of time. You know, all these people should be put on blast for this, right? It's not a matter of if, but rather when and how. (laughs) Buddy Heald will be a Laker by the end of the day. And Two minutes after that, it was like, the Lakers are in advanced talks to get Russell Westbrook. And I'm like, wait, what? And I just don't know, dude. It's so weird. It's like, I think, you know, we'll discuss it, obviously, in detail. My my overall reaction is I'm probably not as negative as most people are, but I have a lot of questions for sure. Sure. So I, I think the best analogy I could use to describe it is if you've ever had, like, two different drinks in front of you or even like let's say three different drinks and you're expecting to maybe in this one cup you're like oh this is the orange juice cup right and then when you sip it it's like pineapple juice or it's even water right you know how you have that taste in your mouth mentally and then you drink it and it's not what you expected it's not necessarily a bad thing you may continue to keep drinking whatever you just picked up but the fact that you're expecting buddy heal this entire time and then out of nowhere out of left field you get russell westbrook it takes your mind a long time to even just to wrap your mind head around that. You know what I mean? And I think that's where I'm at currently. And I think two things can be true, right? And this is where I currently stand. On the one end, I'm excited because it's just, when have you ever seen, I mean, as far as the Lakers go, we have to go back to, again, and this is maybe a little bit ominous, but you have to go back to Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, uh, Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, etc. in terms of forming a super team. And now the Lakers have once again formed another super team in this big three. You can put quotations around that, but it is a big three in terms of star power. So on the one end, I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. So that can be true. On the other hand, This other part can be true where I look at the deal and what we sent out having to also give up our 22nd pick for a guy that we were, for the most part, and this may still work out in the Lakers' favor, but in terms of we were doing the Wizards a favor by taking Russell Westbrook's contract on, and in fact, because we took him on, now the Wizards have told Bradley Beal, look at all the possibilities we can do with the cap space that we have. And the fact that we were the ones who had to give up a, a first-round pick and not even get a second-round pick in return in this year's draft on a team that currently only has, like, four bodies when we could use cheap labor any way we can get it, to me, it's kind of like, did we just get bamboozled a little bit? Or did did Rob lose this trade in terms of just on paper what went out? And, and did we have to overpay, essentially? So two things can be true. I'm excited about it 
even though Russell Westbrook, I, I'm admittedly not a huge fan of Russell Westbrook's game, and aesthetically, it has never been visually pleasing uh, to me to watch Russell Westbrook, but I can understand as well the context we're in with LeBron James' tight window, and you know, he, he, he's on a two-year contract pretty much, which, which lines up with Westbrook's contract. Um, so I think in 2023 or 2024, two years from now, both Westbrook and LeBron James will technically be off our books, and that's like minus $91 million already, <laughs> right? Uh, so I, 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 can, I can put into my head the timeline that we're in, and this is the type of move that, you know, not had to be done, but it's, it's the type of gamble that you make, right, given LeBron James' age. So on the one end, I'm excited— and then on the other hand, I can still also say, I think we, we overpaid a little bit. Time will tell whether that overpay will be worth it, but we'll see, you know? Um, anybody have anything else to add before we just move on? Yeah, I think it's like Laker fans get a lot of flack for maybe, you know, I, I texted you guys this during the draft, but there were some people who had tweeted like, the Lakers think they can get Westbrook for like Coos and KCP and Montrez. That's like so silly. What a like entitled fan base. And and to be very, very clear, we recognize that Westbrook is like an all-star caliber player, right? He's like, he's a very, very overall and certainly in certain contexts, like good player. Certainly if he wins a ring, he's going to be a hall of famer. Even if he doesn't ring, he might he win a ring. He might be a hall of famer. Um, but, like you said, it, multiple things can be true. That can be true, but he also makes $47 million, and he is not, like, a super, you know, easy to figure out, like, roster fit for us. So, you know, it's not that I don't think we got value out of this trade. You know, it's like, I do think, I, I just feel like somebody might listen to this and be like, oh, really? They got Russell Westbrook and they're concerned they gave up 22, but it's not even really about, like, just the talent for talent trade, right? It's... There's other factors that go into a trade, and I think Westbrook's contract was one. And frankly, Westbrook has two years left. The second year's a player option. He's 32, I think, going to turn 33. He's probably going to opt out next summer and want a, a multi-year deal, right? So, like, or or you know, just opt in and get an extension, like a lot of these guys are, you know, around his age want. So. Are we going to commit to Westbrook for like three more years in addition to like the years? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's when it starts to get like a little murky for me. Uh, yeah, for sure. No, I agree with you. And and the one the one ominous thought I have again, and I kind of uh, implied it a little bit earlier, but it sort of feels like the Steve Nash trade a little bit, where we're unsure. It's like a, a fine line between yeah, this could work or this could go horribly wrong. But I guess that's the gamble you take when you swing this big. Uh, and Rob, as far as he's been, as far as he's concerned for the first four or five years of his tenure with the Lakers, he is nothing if not splashy and on brand for the Lakers. This is as Hollywood as Hollywood gets. Russell Westbrook gets to come back home, the UCLA Bruin. There are a lot of like intangible narrative things that are exciting that we can get into, obviously. Um, but in terms of fit right now, there's not a lot you can say just because, one, the deal hasn't been executed and we are not sure if this deal will become even bigger and could involve another team, a third team. We're hearing that maybe Kyle Kuzma could be rerouted to the Sacramento Kings. Who knows? Um, for right now, the only thing we know definitively is Russell Westbrook will be a Los Angeles Laker, right? Um, so I guess before we move any further, I just wanted to acknowledge the guys who are heading out, you know, Kyle Kuzma. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrezl Harrell, you know, I think we would all agree that, you know, 
Montrez we probably have less affinity for just because he was with us this just this past year. It was a, it was a down year, and also we kind of knew that whether he outplayed his contract or didn't live up to his contract, it would probably be a short union between us and Trez. But regardless, you know, he gave his all every time he was out on the court, uh, showed that energy and fight. So we thank him for his services last year. But I think the two guys that we obviously want that are that we want to thank is uh, Kyle Kuzma and Kitavis Caldwell-Pope. Even more so because I feel like we're really losing like whatever Laker DNA we had prior to LeBron James coming because these two guys were on the Lakers before LeBron James even got here. Um, they were, right? KCP for sure. I, I forget if Kuzma was. Yeah, I think Kuzma was with the Lakers as well the, the year prior to LeBron James signing with the Lakers. And so for as organic as we could have gotten, KCP and Kuzma kind of represented that for us. And say what you will about their ups and downs and their inconsistencies. They are, you know, Los Angeles Laker champions forever. And, you know, personally for me, obviously I've been a huge Kyle Kuzma fan for his entire tenure. I'm sort of relieved that I don't have to defend him anymore and like qualify everything he does and caveat everything he does. And I'm also kind of relieved for him that he gets to be in another situation, whether that's the Washington Wizards with Bradley Beal or with the Sacramento Kings to sort of you know, maybe get more reps again, get some rhythm, and this time do it in a in a I think a much better place where he's a more well-rounded and mature player, where he can probably now learn how to, you know, take more usage on, but do it in a productive way. Now that he's grown grown a little bit and is a champion, et cetera, et cetera. So I wish Kakuzma the best of luck, and obviously we wish KCP the best of luck. We're down with KCP, yeah, you know me. So Alan, just any thoughts on the outgoing players? Yeah, gonna gonna miss Mana from Heaven. You know, he's a guy that we rooted for unconditionally uh, through like the downtimes that we would have. You know, we were obviously very supportive of him, and it was always inevitable that he'd bounce back and like go on a super hot streak. So, <clears throat> yeah, definitely uh, wish KCP all the best. And then, yeah, you know, Akuz, it was like you said, he's he's one of the more organic players. He was the young core. Um, he was with all, you know the other guys who would show flashes and we all got super hyped about him and there are a lot of things that he brought to the table but like you said I think uh just in terms of fit and, and growth and things like that uh for his overall like career arc this this could totally be a good move for him yeah for sure Tommy anything to say about the guys that left I uh, will definitely miss the binary mamba KCP <laughs> Um, and also, yeah, you know, Kuz, I hope not, I hope both, well, I don't know about KCP, you know, he'll be fine wherever he's like a vet, but Kuz, I almost kind of hope stays in, uh, Washington. You know, I, I would like to see him on a team with like a consistent role where he can sort of come into his own and, and show maybe more of who he is, because I think he's maybe not as good as we had necessarily projected him to be when he was a rookie and we were just an awful team right but like he's certainly better than the sort of meme type player he's become like the last couple of years on, you know and on nba twitter and whatnot so um i think it'll work out for both of them and and yeah it's a bummer but you know you're getting westbrook so you have to give something up for sure all right so thank you and goodbye to those guys we'll miss them uh so the lakers right now it, it's kind of like that first year the Lakers now heading into this offseason resemble where we were at when we traded for Anthony Davis and had to ship out like half the team. We'll essentially have four, maybe five players, depending on what we do with McKinney, on the roster. And so it's kind of a blank slate that's both good and bad. 
Uh, I think the latter half of this episode, we will talk about what we do in free agency now or what if we have any thoughts. But I guess let's go back into the Westbrook thing. Okay, so let's talk about question marks that we have first about the fit with Westbrook and how we're slowly starting to reconcile that in our mind because it's just naturally going to happen. But let's start with uh, the somewhat pessimistic question marks that we have with his pairing with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And I'll tee it off by saying my biggest concern right now is our margin for error in terms of health, I feel like got a little bit thinner. And I, you know, I know Westbrook has played the majority of his games the last two or three seasons or so, but just the type of player Westbrook is, I just feel like he's one of those players who kind of like Kobe could keep going and going and going for many years. And then all of a sudden just one Achilles tear or one horrific injury and he's down. You know what I mean? And given the, the season that we just had with LeBron James in his three or four years with the Lakers having two seasons in which he was down for a month plus um, and him not getting any younger and Anthony Davis having this recent bout of being down a month or two with the Lakers and just his injury history or his brittle injury history. To me, I'm just like, oh man, I don't know what our, our, our health. It's a, it, it's a, we're on a thin line health wise, I guess. And Given the fact that Anthony Davis is still relatively young at like 27, 28, but this is feeling like an expendables type of team. And I hope that we fill them around the edges. We fill the edges around them with some youth somehow, <laughs> but I don't know how that's going to happen. We can get to the free agency stuff. But that's my main concern heading into this outside of like the obvious like fit with no spacing. So, uh, Tommy, take it away with some of your concerns. I mean, the biggest concern by far and away for me is the fit. I, sorry, the spacing. And, well, spacing and fit, right? And and I just, I don't, it's like a lot of people are commenting about this, right? Like, I'm actually not as concerned about the health thing. I was just actually trying to run the numbers while you were talking. And I, you know, my math could be totally off on this. But what I'm getting is Westbrook has played 91 plus percent of like the games in his NBA career, right? Over 13 seasons. Mm -hmm. Like that's pretty good. And most of the games he missed were over two seasons in his mid twenties when he had like the knee issues. Other than that, he's been like, I mean, he's had multiple, uh, yeah, sure. The 82 game seasons were like early in his career, but as recently as just a few, like three years ago, he was playing, you know, he had three straight seasons of 80 plus with OKC. So yeah, I, I think my main concern with him, though, is just how hard he plays and how no, he I runs get it, I get it. himself yeah, into he, the ground. But He yeah. plays super, super hard. He puts himself at a high risk for injury. So I get that. But I... Okay. It's just like he is a horrendous shooter, right? And it's like we know better than anyone else because the entire time... You know, Westbrook played 12 of his 13 careers in the Western Conference. Like, we saw a lot of them. Like, Kobe Bryant was, like, one of the founders of the Russell Westbrook defense. I guess he's, like, started it against Rondo, but it was, like, transitioned over to Westbrook, right? Like, it was just stand 10 feet away from him and just clap your hands and, like, don't even try to, like, defend it. <laughs> like, we literally did that against Westbrook for an entire playoff series and completely took him out of the series, right? And now we've traded for him. And It was a sham mockery. <laughs> yeah, it's a sham mockery. You know, so it's like, but beyond the three-point shooting, I mean, I have other concerns too. This guy's going to be a main, a big-time ball handler. He's going to play crunch time minutes. 
he is a career 79% shooter, okay? And I don't know if this is like the yips or what it is, but two of the last three seasons, he shot mid-60s from the free throw line oh. on like a high volume of attempts. Last season, he shot 66% from the free throw line. Eee. The season before that, he shot 76, which is okay. Season before that, he shot 66 again. Season before that, he shot 74. That's the last four seasons, dude. That's like a pretty big sample size. And then it's weird because you look back his whole career before that, he was like low to mid 80s. (laughs) So it's like, what is going on? So it's like, you know, that is a concern. You know, him getting to the, he's going to get to the free throw line like a lot. He can't make free throws. We already have LeBron and AD who have like their questionable bouts at the free throw line, right? Like we already have a bunch of guys on our team who have inconsistencies from three. We already have like high usage guys who turn the ball over a decent amount. It's just like, I'm intrigued at how it's all going to fit together because although Westbrook has played on some talented teams, he's never played with guys like LeBron and AD. Um, I was looking at, you know, people were posting stats about how Westbrook's pick and roll efficiency is not that good. I don't know. I need to go like rewatch some of the tape. All I'm going to say is this fool made like Steven Adams look like a complete beast when he was like an OKC, right? It's like an offensive player running high screen and roll and just finding him on random, like, like just scoop under the basket pat. So I think like that stuff is all going to work out fine and, and that'll all work itself out. But like, yeah, his tendency to just make boneheaded plays, his, his tendency to shoot very poorly from three consistently, his, inconsistent free throw shooting certainly as of recent years like i i'm excited to watch him play super super hard i think you know he's fun to watch in that respect and i think over an 82 game season it'll be very very entertaining i just worry when you get down to like the crunch time and you're playing seven eight man rotations and you're playing westbrook you know 35 out of 48 or 40 out of 48 of your point guard minutes in crucial games in the playoffs and He's got all these, you know, in certain respects, he's among the best in the league. And in certain respects, he's he's among the worst in the league. And it's a scary, it's like, it feels like you're kind of playing with fire. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know exactly what you're going to get. I would like to, I'm interested to see how much having LeBron and AD kind of balances that out for him. But, I mean, it's just a huge concern for me. Yeah, I think with a personality like Westbrook and the amount of usage that he soaks up, you're bound to get those LeBron James palms open to J.R. Smith moments in the playoffs at some point, regardless of how buddy-buddy these guys are, right? And so that's also my concern as well. So, Alan, what are what, what are some of your concerns to this point with, Res- with Westbrook? Um, honestly, not too many different <laughs> from what Tommy just mentioned. Uh, I, I think he covered... Uh, pretty much everything. It's a lot of like decision making, you know, type of things. And then just, you know, playing within uh, the confines of what your strengths are, what you're capable of and Mm -hmm. and knowing what we have kind of isolated as areas for improvement and what we, uh, you know, have witnessed in terms of, you know, guys like Wes Matthews and Danny Green coming over who are these like perennial shooters. And then we, we joke around how there's going to be a fall off in terms of their efficiency. And then there was, it's like, well, shoot we just got a guy who we know doesn't shoot very efficiently so what exactly does that mean um so yeah i mean i don't want to be redundant with what tommy just said but it's it's pretty much all the same um and i know i'm sure we're going to talk about like what are like the good things what are we looking forward to what can we be excited about um so i i don't want to like skip ahead to that right now but i i think there is a situation where we can um 
you know, have something to look forward to besides just how intensely he plays, you know, and, and that sort of thing. I think there are certain aspects of his game and certain strengths that sure are like obviously parallel to LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, just to see what that's going to look like should be fun. And, you know, it's Tommy's point. He hasn't had teammates like Anthony Davis and LeBron ever. I mean, okay, he played with Kevin Durant, of course, but um, he hasn't had this sort of one, two, three punch uh, like this that's as mature as well. You know, you could think back to OKC, but they right. were all a bunch of young dudes. So, right, um, right. so yeah. For sure. No, that makes sense. Some, I, some would argue maybe that if James Harden had been more established when they first went to the finals with the Heat, that maybe he should have been the second guy and Russell Westbrook with the third guy. I just think at that point in his career, Russell Westbrook, regardless of who it was, was never going to be the third guy in his mind, right? And so that's some of my concern too, just mentality-wise. Um, I think because he's going to have the ball in his hands, one of my concerns is not so much LeBron James because I think LeBron James will gladly give up possessions to take a breather with Westbrook next to him. I'm almost worried that, and I know Tommy just mentioned, oh, he made you know Stephen Adams look like an all-star, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm sure he can continue to help Anthony Davis in some ways, but I'm also, I'm worried that Anthony Davis has the type of personality even more, he, more so with Westbrook on his team to be nullified even more with Westbrook there, just soaking up the, the usage. But I think maybe, maybe those concerns aren't too big. I, I guess my last, my last uh, question mark would be defensively, like how Russell Westbrook holds up, especially on a team like this. I think in terms of his physical tools and his athleticism still, even at 32, he's got everything you'd want, I guess, in, in a Frank Vogel-type system. I just don't know whether he'll buy in as much versus gamble. Um, so I think that's that's my last tangible question mark when it comes to Russell Westbrook outside of fit, shooting, and usage, right? The defense. How will he buy in with the rest of this team who currently it's LeBron James, Anthony Davis, maybe Marcus All, um, and maybe Alfonso McKinney. That's literally it because THT and Caruso are say, up in the air. Yeah. Can I just say two things on what you just said? So I, I think Westbrook has this mentality, and maybe it rubs some people the wrong way, but if you look at his, like his numbers, okay, his usage is always high, so that's just something that is going to have to change. I mean, I will say that LeBron is a player who's capable of playing off the ball, and certainly as he gets gets older, maybe that makes a lot of sense. However, he's so much more efficient than Westbrook, you wonder. I'm getting off on the tangent a little bit, but he's so much more efficient than Westbrook that, like, why would you not want LeBron to have higher usage? But anyway, putting aside the usage, um, last season with the Wizards playing with Bradley Beal, Westbrook dropped himself down to 22 points a game. He only took, you know, 19 shots a game, which was among the lowest in his career. Two years prior to that, when he played with Paul George, he was scoring 23 points a game. You know, he, he I think, has the ability to, to defer a little bit. I just, and like, you know, his assists have been crazy high, like the last five, six years in a row. So I think he, he will have the ability to defer. I think he will have the ability to play some defense. I mean, he, I don't know how he is as like a straight, like lock you down, like positional defender, but he's strong. He gets steals. And he is obviously a hell of a rebounder. He averaged 11 and a half rebounds a game last year. And that's part of defense, right? So in those areas, I think he will be just fine. It's just, and, and our coaching staff has shown they can take guys 
and work to their strengths to make them into plus defenders, even if they haven't been, you know, consistently over the course of their career. But our coaching staff also has not consistently shown that they can figure out how to mask guys' weaknesses on offense. And so that's where I really become concerned with like the Westbrook fits because with the right coaching, maybe you think like, okay, we can kind of hide him, like his deficiencies. But in the modern NBA on a team with LeBron and AD, I just, it's going to be like even more so than Ron. I mean, Rondo was able to hit like mid thirties from three in the playoffs and stuff. Right. So that was not even as big of a spacing issue as this. And he also was not playing 40 minutes a game. So I, I don't know. It's like those kinds of things are, are concerning. Yeah, so I guess that's a good segue. We'll take it to break first, and when we return, we'll talk about some of the things that we're excited about, tangibly, intangibly, and yeah, we'll go from there. The Olympics, Euros, baseball, major championships, and concerts are all in this summer. You know what isn't? A wild and hairy bush. Tame your pubes with help from our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold, eh? Fellas, do right by your balls and join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code FANSIDED20. So look, as the world begins to open up more and more, the one thing that I've personally been looking forward to the most has just been watching movies at a theater again getting that freshly popped bag of popcorn with four extra pumps of butter, and getting my ears blown off by that 5D, 6G, XD audio system that they have. But for the best movie experience, you need to be comfortable, and you need to be seated comfortably. And what helps you feel the most comfortable when seated? Neatly trimmed balls, of course. Here to help in that venture is the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts, performance boxer briefs, and the Shed Travel Bag. With a Lawnmower 4.0, you'll get a trimmer that features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. So whether you're playing sports again or just sitting down on a cushy seat for the next two hours holding 600 calories of buttery popcorn, make sure you're seated comfortably with perfectly manscaped nether regions. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory this year with Manscaped. All right, so we are back. Over the break, the Lakers signed two-way player Joel Ayayi. Uh, I have no idea who this guy is or what he does, but go us. Uh, back to the Westbrook talk. Well, we're transitioning now to some of the aspects of Westbrook that we're excited about. And again, I will admit, I am not a huge Russell Westbrook fan, so this is a <laughs> this is taking a lot of mental gymnastics on my part. At one point, over the last you know five years or so, I said I would rather take a I would rather take John Wall over Russell Westbrook. Obviously, things have changed dramatically because John Wall has gotten even more injured than Russell Westbrook has. Um, but now that I have to play some mental gymnastics that Russell Westbrook is a Laker, and I do like all of the intangibles with regards to him being a hometown kid, having gone to UCLA, and obviously having that Mamba mentality that even Kobe respected because he never backed down and was always the most competitive player on the floor that's just the type of personality that you want to have, uh, especially given this team's timeline. Um, 
One thing that you mentioned, though, Tommy, about your concerns of, you know, us having previously had Rondo and him being able to at least shoot threes, I will say the one thing that Russell Westbrook sort of levels out with regards to both Rondo and Schroeder. So we see two sides of the coin with the last two point guards we've had, right? With Schroeder, while he was a better scorer, per se, than Rondo and and drove the ball more, that guy, for whatever reason last season couldn't finish as as well as I thought he would. You know what I mean? I thought yeah, he was yeah. foul hunting a lot more and didn't get the calls that he wanted. And he just wasn't a good as good a finisher that I thought he, he would be. Um, and so I feel like with a guy like Westbrook, he's honestly kind of a fusion of Rondo and Schroeder, except he's a much better finisher than Dennis Schroeder ever was. Obviously, he's stronger, and he is really going to get it out into transition for us and push that issue and he's a type of guy you know you hate it when you're against him who I'm sure will get frustrated by the lack of calls against Westbrook but he's a type of guy that gets calls you know just by driving it relentlessly into the lane and I'm looking forward to that aspect Um, again we're going to be as frustrated as we are when LeBron James doesn't get calls I'm sure with Westbrook but I think as opposed to Dennis Schroeder, he'll likely get more calls. Hopefully he shoots a better percentage from the free throw line. I mean, he is like the best finisher in the NBA, probably, like, except for other than LeBron James, right? Like, could certainly consistently over like the last three, four years, five years. And the other, th- the, and the other thing that I want to bring up with regards to Frank Vogel, we now have a sample size of two years to see what he can do and what he can't do. You mentioned him, this this coaching staff not being able to utilize players offensively. I actually think it's a good thing that we got Russell Westbrook because he's just going to have the ball in his hands and he'll make stuff happen, you know, for better or for worse. But with guys like the guys that went out, like KCP and Kuzma, dude, you guys know how much I've been dying for Vogel to utilize them correctly, but I realize that that's just not... These guys don't factor into our offensive plans and we don't have sophisticated enough offenses to get them going, you know? Frank Vogel's plan was literally... Give it, give one of these guys the ball and let them make something happen and break the defense down that way, you know? And luckily, that's exactly what Westbrook does. So from that end, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a wild ride, but at least you know Westbrook is the type of player, especially when LeBron James sits, who can stem the tide for you, usage-wise, and not in a Dennis Schroeder inconsistent way. It'll be volatile for sure, but you know, at the very least, Westbrook will be able to carry you more oftentimes than not than what we saw with Dennis Schroeder. So, Alan, what are some of the things that you're excited about with regards to Russell Westbrook? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that stands out is just playmaking, right? And being able to take a lot of burden off of LeBron. Um, so, if anything, just kind of spreading the wealth, allowing LeBron to just catch a break you know every once in a while just to preserve himself and again that's like kind of the obvious answer but um you know we were all hoping for that this year right with the addition of shooter but um we we kind of saw where some of shooter's efforts like you said you know just didn't really pan out but with westbrook we can you know kind of assume that there will be uh some payoff there so uh that definitely stands out like you said when the offense would get stagnant you know notoriously with us this is where uh, we could have more than one guy who could bail us out. Um, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see what, uh, you know, he looks like with Anthony Davis. I, I had already thought yeah. about that in the comp, you know, between um, Russ and Steven Adams. <laughs> so to think, like, you know, Russ has never played with a big like this. I mean, 
who in the league has really played with a big like this with that type of skill set. So uh, that that's very, very enticing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think just playing to those strengths should be a lot of, lot of fun to watch. Yeah, the closest thing is probably Sergi Baca, but Sergi Baca was nowhere near as mobile and athletic as Anthony Davis, obviously. But, uh, yeah, Tommy, what about I you? I think there was, like, a lack of energy on the team last year, and I think we thought that, like, Trez and Schroeder would kind of fix that, right? And LeBron is getting older. AD is a big man, and so it's just – it's a different game. I mean, people talk about this all the time, but it's like – it's. When you're a big man, you have to be set up, and it's hard to bring the energy if you're not getting set up. It, I guess it's just like we have a guy who's going to be in the starting lineup who is going to be going out there trying to kill everybody like every single night. And and those types of players are rare, right? So for all his faults, one thing about Westbrook is you can always say he plays really, really hard. So, you know, if it if if everything – if they can figure out how to get these guys to play together – and really the biggest issue, if they can get some shooters around them who can... I mean, these guys have to be like like blaze-the-net shooters because, I mean, we're... like Kyle Korver. Yeah, it's like we JJ are... JJ like, Redick. Yeah, yeah it's Mike like Miller. Are, and we could talk maybe about some names, yeah. right? Because I think there are Capone. some guys available. Just <laughs> 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 said. Um, but I think, uh, you know... It's not j- – you have LeBron, you have AD of Westbrook, and you have an AD who, like, doesn't want to play the five, right? So it's like you're going to be playing four guys who are not amazing shooters. Certainly three of your five are going to be ba- affirmatively bad three-point shooters. LeBron is mediocre. How good – I mean, the other guy has to shoot 75% from three. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so I know we're talking about the positives, but, like, you just talking about the lack of spacing and shooting, like, in my head, I can already see this being so clunky with, like, five guys in the paint, Westbrook and LeBron James just randomly trying to, like, knife their like way in with their bulky shoulders, <laughs> and then all of a sudden just pulling up for, like, you know, 20 feet. This could potentially be, like, Brick City if they're if we don't load up the shooters next to them because... I mean, for the most part, we're going to close with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis, right? So if we're just thinking about those three, it, it, there are going to be times where it's going to be very mucky in there, and they're going to be throwing up some bricks, and Muck yeah, up. that'll be interesting. Um, Positives! <laughs> we just signed another two-way guy, by the way. 23-year-old Austin Reeves, 6'5", shooting guard. We need some shooting. Hopefully, he does it well. Uh, okay, not. so back to uh, <laughs> back to Russell Westbrook. Alan, do you have any other positives? Um, I mean, for sure, like the uh, mentality, you know, aspect. I think that kind of just goes without being said. Um, but it's true what they say, you know, like you got to bring in, um, you know, fresh guys who have not been there before, uh, who are really hungry. Um, obviously, we didn't win the championship this year, and you could argue, oh, maybe there was a bit of a I don't know, hangover or whatever from the first year guys didn't come back in shape right away. Uh, maybe there wasn't that same sense of urgency, but for Westbrook, um, obviously the time's running out as far as like his prime and, you know, things like that. So you, you better believe he's going to be hungry. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's like, it's a little cringy to like bring up Kobe stuff. Right. But I'm sure that's a part of like what his motivation is going to be like wearing a Laker jersey and, you know, being, like, really, really close and very uh, good friends with Kobe. So, um, you know, a lot of times we get on AD about being passive. You already alluded to that. I would hope that 
while Westbrook is the complete opposite of that. Maybe he'll rub off in terms of like, nah, True. dude, like yeah. you need to be aggressive. Like you got to step up to my level. And, um, you know, like LeBron, he, he's not like a in-your-face type of leader like that, As uh, obviously as much as Westbrook. They just have different styles. Um, so we'll, we'll see if things can kind of balance out in terms of uh, personalities uh, for the better. Yeah, and I think I mentioned how Westbrook's sort of like the, a fusion of Rondo and Schroeder. And in a lot of ways, he is because he is that demonstrative sort of leader on the court the way that Rondo was. But he's also he also shows you that grit and hustle that Schroeder did where he's like diving for loose balls and shit. I mean... Uh, he may he may be even more so than Schroeder, actually. And it's probably more powerful, too, that he is that vocal on the court, but he has such a physical presence about him as well that backs up that, you know, vocalization, even though, again, it, it could go the wrong way sometimes by just being um, too erratic. But I do like your point about him potentially rubbing off on, on Anthony Davis. And there has to be, there's something has to be said for just, how rejuvenated he could be this upcoming season, just being back in LA, putting on the purple and gold and having a new lease on life, really. You know, he, he still, you know, worked his ass off to get the Wizards into that play-in game. I forget if they were even in the eighth seat or in the playoff play-in game, but they were dead in the water for much of the season with so many injuries and stuff. But him and Beal really rebounded the second half to get that team to, to a competitive place where they could even play past uh, the regular season. And that was on a team that was going nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, I can only imagine the switch that's going to flip in his head. Having one last shot at a championship, you know, and this is a guy who's seen um, James Harden, you know, take it to the next level while he almost becomes like a superstar, a meme to superstar, right? He sees Kevin Durant take it to the next level, win a championship, multiple championships without him. Actually, out of any of the OKC Thunder group, he's probably the most maligned, right? And, you know, for some good reason, because his, his game is probably the most brash and sometimes unnecessarily brash, right? But you have to think he's factoring all of that in where he wants to prove everybody wrong in terms of, yeah, you've been talking about Kevin Durant, James Harden, all these other guys for so long, and I finally have this one shot again to win a championship in LA as a Los Angeles Laker, you have to think he's going to take this for all it's worth. You know what I mean? Tommy, anything else? Any intangibles on your end that you're excited about? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you guys covered it. It, it He's a veteran. He, you know, he's going to play hard. He, he has the killer instincts. He's, I mean, he's got a lot of positive qualities. I feel like I focus so much on the negative, but yeah, I think you guys covered, covered the intangibles. Cool. So with that said, let's just close this show and talk about how to surround Westbrook and how to surround this team and whether that changes our approach to the free agency. I guess one like tangential positive, not necessarily about Westbrook, but but about the way that we've approached this offseason is I mentioned it earlier, but it's a blank slate again for this roster. I mean, you're so sad and you're you're sad in one sense because you're not really sure what the purple and gold DNA is anymore, but at the same time um, you can build this roster from the ground up. And even though we only have the mini mid-level and a bunch of veteran minimums at our disposal, we do have the ability to re-sign some of our own guys. That includes Schroeder, whether we sign and trade him to another place. Um, but we can also give Markeith Morris a slight raise and retain him. Obviously, we can match anything for THT and Caruso. 
And then outside of that, we have vet minimums to use. And I think, Tommy, you said we probably have like eight roster slots, even if we bring back some of those guys available. And so one of the positives is we have opportunity for guys, once again, you know, at least on the onset. So if we want to sell somebody on taking a pay cut, we can tell them you can literally take the starting shooting guard spot on this team. You know what I mean? That's true. I mean, it's kind of like... It's kind of like the benefit the Nets had last year, you know, during not, uh, I guess, like midseason free agency, if you want to call it that, like waiver season, right? Like mm-hmm. they were so decimated as a roster for all the moves they made to get Harden and, and, and you know, all that midseason. They could just promise. I mean, like Blake Griffin, they picked up midseason and started for them in the playoffs, right? So we're kind of in that position now. Um, and we can go through some names. Yeah, um, so I'm hoping that Otto Porter somehow takes the mini mid-level and no, slots no in slots into that small forward spot, although I guess in the starting lineup, LeBron would still be there. Um, I think a lot of people are penciling in Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, Dwight Howard. Yeah. I would love Dwight. Dwight Howard back on the minimum again so that we can redo that whole fiasco. <laughs> Dudley's recruiting him, dude. Back where he belongs. Maybe he should literally tweet that same tweet, but be like, for reals. (laughs) Uh, That would be great. Um, We've heard possibly Rudy Gay. Um, That would be awesome. Because we did lose a lot of size and defense, you know, and versatility. Rudy Gay would be insane, dude. I I don't know where people are hearing that. I I would love to see that, though. Yeah, I mean, we're, we have to look for ring chasers at this point, right? Who at this stage in their career are willing That's to take true. a pay I guess cut. He's old. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I we joked about it, but even a guy like JJ Redick, you know, to to take that Quinn Cook spot, we just need some pure shooters at this point. Um, that's why some people are also surmising that maybe we just bring back. Ben McLemore. I'm hoping for a, we shoot slightly higher than Ben McLemore. I mean, there are some guys, like some names I, I was just poking around lists. Like, I mean, you already mentioned Dwight. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, well, this is maybe a little bit of a, I guess, bigger name. Austin Rivers, I think, could really fit on this roster. I, he can score, and we need a bench uh, guard. We Obviously, we have THT, but THT is still young. Jamichael Green, I think, has a, a place on a roster like this if if he would be willing to come as a stretch for uh, Wayne Ellington. Um, <laughs> Wayne Ellington comes up every time. I know he <laughs> does. Bullock. He does. <laughs> Reggie yeah. Bullock, yeah. I don't know that Boom Boom Batum would come, but like I would take him too. Um, <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have to replace some size here with regards to Kuzma being like our one versatile 6'9 wing outside of LeBron James, right? And so that's why I brought up Otto Porter's name, but he is also probably a long shot. But given no Otto Porter, does Carmelo Anthony cut it for you? I guess Rudy Gay would, right? But in lieu of those guys, who else can we sort of you know, fit into that spot. Um, Jeff Green. I mean, it's maybe time. Maybe it's Jeff Green time finally. If he doesn't re up with the, you know, I will say the crazy thing Reunited about all these with names. Brody. Yeah, exactly. The crazy thing about all these names we're throwing out is like the average age of our roster is going to be like thirty five. It's just yeah, like that. Yeah, that exactly. is like the 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 one downside of doing this plan is like when you have to sign a bunch of vet men guys. Like, can you do it? Sure. You know, can you round out your roster with those guys? Sure. But when you have to fill eight roster spots with Ed Min guys, your roster gets, like, ancient, yeah. like, super fast. 
Yeah, I'm really worried about the durability of this team because when you have, like you mentioned, when you have that veteran minimum spot, it's either really old ring chasers or guys you can't necessarily rely upon, right? Because they're exactly. young, inexperienced, exactly. or they have a, a particular flaw about them. So how do we do this? So I guess where, where would you prioritize the mini mid-level now? I for sure want Dwight just as that bruiser big, but obviously he doesn't help spacing at all. So, I mean, Alan, you brought up Daniel Tice before. At this point, yeah, maybe Daniel Tice would help to take that mini mid-level as a, as a floor, as a five guy. I, I, think, I think for the mini mid-level, I would prioritize a shooting guard who can just blaze the net from three, whether that's Bullock or so, uh, Ellington or somebody like that. You know what I mean? Or Danny I Green. Think, or I don't know Matthews. if I would... Yeah. Danny Green is like so geriatric. I I don't know if I would like take that kind of chance, but like, you know, somebody, I mean, frankly, the guy I would really push and go after is Batum still, even though he's more of a wing and not really a two. Um, Uh He looks so good for the Clippers last year and he does so many, he's defensively very good. He hit 40% from three. But if we're thinking about pure two guards, I mean, yeah, I I guess I would look at like Ellington. I would look at... um, uh, Bullock, I would look at. Let's see who else is there. So, does Patty Mills fit? I mean, I guess next to Westbrook, would he play the de facto one? Patty Mills fits in terms of shooting. He does, but I don't know that you could play them together. We would be so undersized in the backcourt, is the problem. Yeah. What about your Bryn Forbes pick? Now I'm more interested in Bryn Forbes, actually. I would be fine with Bryn Forbes, too, but I think he is a little bit undersized, too. He's like 6'4", 6'3", 6'4". So, I mean, that's that's like, again, it's the tough thing about doing this the way we did it. Then you wonder, like, okay, we still have some potential sign-and-trade options. Like, we could try to use Dennis to get something. We could try to use, I don't know, Caruso or even Markeith to get something. But in all three of those situations, it's like why would those guys just not sign outright with the team? That, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what's, you know what's wild to me is even if we re-up the guys that were here last year, so let's say Dennis, Caruso, and THT, like that still doesn't improve our shooting one bit. So oh, it does just, not at all. It's going to have to come from the outside or we're going to have to really try and get Buddy healed. So let's hypothesize for just a hot second that Palinka's able to pull off this crazy move and Buddy Heald's on the roster now. How are we feeling okay. then? I feel like a lot better. A lot better, yeah. (laughs) Because Buddy Heald is going to average 45 points a game just (laughs) shooting 23s every single night. Too much. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, obviously we can talk about free agency. It's in like four days, which is wild. Um, And once we've had more time to sort of continue to digest this roster move, um, I wish Anthony Davis would go to his old buddy. I'm not even sure if he's buddies, but former teammate Nikola Mirotic for overseas and be like, can you please come back to the NBA, sign for a vet min contract? We could, de- we could use your spacing like crazy. Um, I'm not sure who else we can get uh, for the minimum level at this point. Maybe there's a surprise guy out there and maybe Palinka already has this Rubik's cubed in his head knowing how barren the roster would be to this point. And maybe he does have guys lined up who aren't necessarily geriatric. The one bullet that we have is that mini mid level to get someone who can fill that shooting spacing need, but also not be a veteran expendable sort of guy. So I'm interested in seeing who can fill that spot or, or role for us. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see. I get we'll, we'll leave it right there. Uh, free agency again is uh, on Monday, 
at, I think, 3 p.m. Pacific time, if I'm not mistaken. And so we'll buckle up for that. Again, this trade can't be executed till August 6th once Kyle Kuzma's poison pill from his uh, from this past season, his poison pill provision or whatever is removed and they officially um, execute it. Um, but till then, we'll see if it turns into a larger deal and then what the Lakers do uh, free agency-wise to, to fill out this roster. Alan, did you have any thoughts free agency-wise? Or I mean, I'm all for uh, Jason Capono and Kyle Korver and Mike Miller Jeez, and those guys. So talking about geriatric, you know. So one guy that I'll bring up, this doesn't fix our shooting problem, but it's like... Shard Lewis. No, no, no. This is like the darkest <laughs> force. <laughs> I wish. I wish we could go into a time machine. So this is the darkest horsest of darkest horse picks nobody has said this on a podcast i'm sure for this free agent target okay but let me bring up this guy's name he's not gonna fix he's not gonna fix our shooting ready tyreek evans is eligible for reinstatement this no. year <laughs> <laughs> oh why not God. go all in on big bulky dudes who can handle the ball and rebound Tyreek Evans. Yeah. Think about that. Tyreek, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James. I thought about it. I passed. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to bring his name up if somehow we traded Schroeder and we're still looking for some sort of primary ball handler. I'm not even sure if he's... Uh, he's. I know he's eligible for reinstatement. I don't know if it's gotten approved or whether it's going to get approved. You know, But I know this is the year that he can come back to the NBA. He is 31 years old. But the last time he played, I think he was relatively... Um, productive but again who knows what's happened in the last year uh with that said we'll leave it at Tyreek Evans I guess for some reason and uh, <laughs> and we'll head into free agency with freaking Russell Westbrook as a Los Angeles Laker is it Brody. lit he's definitely lit oh he's definitely lit yeah oh man we're gonna if anything he definitely slips into that Kyle Kuzma role of uh the flashy fashion of the flamboyance flamboyance yeah. also, like, the fashion. most polarizing player on the team <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Russell Westbrook, welcome home. Welcome to Los Angeles. Welcome back. Yeah, big three for the Lakers, uh, and we'll see where we go from here. Otherwise, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. And we will see you guys in free agency. Tommy, Alan, later. See ya. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.